0: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cavins, powered by BetUS.
1: All right, we're going to get into this Jets game. But uh, before then, we've got an article that was written about Bill Belichick that Greg wants to touch on. First, I'll tell you that we are brought to you by BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years Greg, I know that you were listening to uh, Felgie this week, and he was reading from this article. See, uh, Fort Worth Star-Telegram Mac Engel wrote this piece. The title of the piece, the headline is, Much Like Tom Landry Decades Ago, Belichick Mystique Falling Apart. You have a lot of thoughts on this, so just run with them.
0: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> well, first of all, I thought it was a really good column by Mac. Mac, um, for those of you who don't know, Mac's been a long- around a long time I mean probably since before I was on the NFL beat i mean he's been he's been a long around a long time so he he's widely respected um he's not a flamethrower or anything like that um and you know i heard felger and Maz read this column yesterday and you know he makes a lot of the various points that many sort of tom over bill uh make but i thought it was extremely well written um when i heard them reading it i was just actually like wow that's that's a really good column he makes a lot of really good points um i think the, i think the point that i i wanted to make at first is um look i understand that so far it has not gone well i mean we're not idiots right nick i mean we saw what happened last year we saw what tampa did we see that the Patriots are off to a two and four start. But the big thing is, and it's sort of like the discussion about Mac Jones, I just don't understand the need to rush to judgment on this. Um, I think that is still extremely early. And sure, you can bring out the stats. um, And and he makes a lot of great points about how he said – on Sunday in New England, the Dallas Cowboys did their best to give Bill Ocheck a win, but beatable Bill and his Patriots blew it. Despite multiple turnovers in the end zone, among other screw-ups during the game, the Cowboys defeated the Patriots in New England 35-29 in overtime. The Patriots with Tom Brady didn't lose this, don't lose this game. Of course, the Patriots with Tom Brady hardly lost any games. Uh, he, you know, he saw the end of Tom Landry up close. He talks about that. He talks about Bill's record. But um, he, and he makes a lot of comparisons about how, you know, his winning percentage in Cleveland was 450, and now in New England, without Brady, it's 457. So he's basically drawing a direct, direct line. I mean, without completely being harsh about it, and, and he takes a very nice, deft touch, which is when you're when, – as a columnist, when you're going into the kill, you want to use as soft a hammer as possible. You just want to – you want it to be subtle. You want – it to be unmistakable, but you don't want it to come across as, um, an attack. And he was very, uh, effective in doing that in the story. But I just, in general, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it, Nick, is I understand everything that he wrote in this column is true about Belichick, about Brady, about what Bill's been without Brady and what have you, uh, I just think that it's way too soon to be saying any of this, like definitively that it was only Tom over bill because I fully expect, and I could be wrong. Okay. Um, you know, I thought there were their record would be better at this point, um, for a variety of reasons. It hasn't been, uh, but I still think at the least this season, things are going to come together and they're going to close strong. And then all of a sudden people are going to look a little bit differently and they're going to be looking to 2022 and being like, all right, well, you know, we now now know Mac Jones can play really good winning football. Uh, the pieces work around him. Yeah, they have some things to to, to fix, but this is a team that should contend in 2022. I'm fully expecting to say that by the end of this season. I could be wrong, but uh, I think it's a little early to be saying that Bill Belichick at 79 years old is going through down the same road that, you know, Tom Landry and Chuck Knoll and Don Shula, and these guys who just held on uh, that they struggled down the stretch and basically had to be pushed out. I don't, I think it's early to say that.
1: All right. So I've got a lot of thoughts, a lot to unpack what you just said. For the first thing I would say is if it's possible, I want to try to thread the needle I think it is possible to say that all the success that we saw over the past 20 years wasn't, oh, Tom Brady more than Bill Belichick. I think it's possible to say that, and that's how I feel. I think Tom needed Bill. I think Bill needed Tom. And I also think it's possible to say that over the last year, year and a half, it's more than reasonable and it's more than fair to wonder if the game is starting to slip past Right by Bill Belichick. And what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is, are we starting to see the evolution of football get ahead of Bill Belichick, the head coach? I think you can discuss both of those things and neither are quote unquote too early. The Tom Brady part to me, I just don't buy it. It's lazy analysis. People just continue to do this like, oh, well, with Tom Brady, look at his record. And without Tom Brady, look at his record and go back to Cleveland. He's a different coach than he was in Cleveland. Uh, And, you know, a lot of people will tell you what happened in Cleveland wasn't all on Bill either. Hey, I don't know. I wasn't inside Cleveland's facility. I don't know what's Mm -hmm. going on there. I know that the special that was done on the NFL Network, blah, blah, blah. But if you look at this team, if you're going to say that it was because Brady's gone, while the team is struggling, you know, last year I would buy that a little bit more because Cam wasn't good. Like this year, to me, it's not necessarily the offense. It's the decision-making that is questionable. And even when Brady was in New Mm -hmm. England, Belichick was a really good decision-maker. Was he perfect? Of course not. He had the stupid drop-punt thing against Philadelphia. He did plenty of things that people second-guessed. He didn't do it consistently as much as he's done it the past year-plus. But I think it's the decision-making that has people wondering. And I think when you look at the time when Brady was here, we didn't have as many of these. And maybe it's because they were out in front more often with Brady. But I know there were a lot yeah. of games. You know, there were a lot of tight games with Brady as quarterback where we would look back and say, man, what Bill did in that third quarter, what Bill did in that fourth quarter, that decision that he made, you know, late in the game, how the defense played, the approach that they had. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of weird when you look back to Tampa just a couple of weeks ago. And it was rather obvious that that defensive game plan was perfect against Brady. Now, yep. was it perfectly executed? I don't know. Probably not. But, you know, I think you still see the flashes of Belichick's brilliance, but they're coming less often and the questions of his decision-making are popping up more often. And I think when you start combining all of those things, it it leads to a lot of confusion and muck when you try to evaluate him as a head coach. And when I look at, the decisions that he's making, right? Aside from Brady, even if Brady was still here, the things that we are seeing started at the end of Brady's tenure. Like the decision to roll with Steve Belichick as the guy, that's backfiring right now. That would have been the case whether Brady was here or not. That's a bad decision, has nothing to do with Brady. The idea that you can still continue to play defense with a number of slow guys, especially on the second level in 2021, that is an archaic idea. That, that is a caveman-like idea. You look at teams right now, it's all about team speed, sideline to sideline, all of that stuff. The fourth down offense, we said this earlier in the week, Greg. The fourth down offensive decisions that we had disagree with, and I think a lot of people disagree with them, the one against Tampa mm-hmm. right late in the game, the one against Dallas in overtime. These kinds of decisions, you know, Belichick, he has been much more conservative going back to 2009. 12 years ago, he started this trend. Brady was still the quarterback for another nine or 10 years. And the conservative Belichick started at that point. The other final thing I would say is I don't know how much of a difference there actually is without Ernie Adams, but. You know, maybe there is a part of this where Matt Patricia is now supposed to be the eyes, I guess. Adams was better at doing that. So I just think there's a lot of stuff that goes into this story. And it's just too damn lazy to me to say, oh, Brady Belichick. Belichick's just not good without Brady. There are things that he was doing with Brady that he's doing now, and they're not working. But he was still making those kinds of decisions with the greatest quarterback of all time
0: yeah well, I mean, you make a, you know you make a bunch of good points. I do think that, like you know, just for me personally, and I'm not a big um, yes, I believe in Belichick's system and the success. And I believe that um, that Brady and Belichick together were as successful as they were. and in apart, they would not have been as successful. Um, I think that Brady won his Super Bowl title last year. In, in part because of all the things that he learned with Belichick. Um, I'm not saying it's that's the only reason, because I still think think Tom Brady was going to be great in any event. I just don't think he would be you a know, seven-time Super Bowl winner. Um, the way I look at it, and, and, and like I said, I don't really have a dog in this fight, is that when I've always watched the Patriots, whether it was 2008 with Matt Castle, and yes, they went 11-5. They didn't make the playoffs. They didn't really beat anybody good that season. Um, I understand that. You know, I, I thought that was very successful. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo slash Jacoby Brissett. Yep. Three and one against good teams. And I saw, you know, flawless execution and, and, you know, really good play and, and good game plans and all that. And, and so I've, I've always been impressed when Brady wasn't there, that they've been successful. And I think that, Mac Jones, I think, first of all, is way better than Matt Castle um, was. And, you know, I, I do think, I, I think what you talk about in terms of the overall operation, and and I also, you know, without Brady continuing on, you know, I chuck up, you know, 2020 COVID, Cam Newton, all that stuff. It, I can't, I can't say that was representative of, of anything. I can't. I just, I, it's the whole season looks completely different than any other season for a variety of reasons. And you could point to the two and four start this year and say, uh, it's the same thing. And I have certainly, you know, said that about the team in general, but, and that goes to your point is that I think it's the team in general. I think it's, we all know that the personnel failings that they had, like the previous about five years in terms of drafting and and other decisions, uh, the the effect that's had, the coaching staff, the effect that's had. It's obvious when you watch them; they're not the same operation. So, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's hard to say that, you know, it's Belichick is is definitely losing it. I mean, there are certainly things that you could say he, that, that there is evidence that that is happening um, in terms of, look, he's not the same guy anymore. We all know that you can watch the way he does in training camp. You watch when he shows up from Nantucket for, for, for that. Um, it's all different, you know, and you could say like Linda as an influence or whatever, but dude, he is not any Belichickite out there who tells you he's the same guy as he was in say 2004 is joking. Like he was such a hard ass. And he was yeah. all over these guys, and he was all into everything. He basically, the job consumed him. I'm glad he's he has struck a great, uh, better work-life balance, uh, especially in his later years, and hopefully he lives a long time once he's done coaching football and can enjoy that. But he's no longer the same guy, and I think if you're going to do that, I think that guy needs to be supported by a better coaching staff, yep. especially defensively. To make up for him not being Belichick anymore, he doesn't have that. And that's why part of the reason why they are where they are. Yep.
1: I mean, I think you you can certainly again argue that it it seems like, it looks like he's starting to kind of fade back to where the league is headed. Now, it's not impossible where he, you know, can make this turnaround and realize it and and maybe that's what happens but there's no doubt he is his philosophy right now football wise is against the grain it's more old school than it is new school there's no doubt about that and and the final thing i would say is i just you know do people go back and relitigate bill walsh's coaching career when he had joe montana like nobody does that but nowadays because of social media and because of talking head on uh, talking heads on TV and because of local sports talk radio, everything that gets litigated publicly. And as soon as something happens, it's right away. Oh, it's because of that. Like if you look back at great coaches, they usually had really good quarterbacks with them. This is not a a new thing. And if you look at great quarterbacks, they usually had most of them really good coaches. So I just, you know, we could sit here and play around with Patrick Mahomes all day. You know, Mahomes is great. He's got an incredible skill. Would he be where he's at right now without Andy Reid and all of those weapons on that
0: offense? Probably not. So it, would would, it, would Andy Reid ever have his his first Super Bowl title? Everybody was like, is this guy ever going to win it? And then all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes comes along.
1: And now he's and now Andy Reid is seen as one of the greatest coaches of all time. Right. We play this game all of the time and we've got to stop playing the game. Great coaches need good players to great players. Good players to great players need good to great coaches. It's as simple as that. When you have them both, that's when you have a 20-year dynasty, which is why it never happens in sports. Greg Popovich and Tim Duncan, Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan, Phil Jackson and Kobe and Shaq. I mean, we can just go on and on and on with this. It, no matter what sport you're talking about, it's interchangeable. So it's lazy, It's just, and we've got to stop the laziness. All right, before we move on, because we got a lot of other stuff that I want to talk about, uh, let's tell the good people out there listening to this podcast, Greg, about BetUS.com.
0: Yeah, listen up, sports bettors. This is Greg Bedard here to tell you about my favorite sports book, and that's BetUS. Football is back, and so is baseball for at least one more night for the Red Sox, and it's time to get in on the action. I only endorse one sports book, and that is BetUS.com. Why, you ask? Because BetUS has been America's favorite sportsbook for over 25 years. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity. You need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sportsbook that offers everything, including live betting, which I was looking into during the Red Sox game last night, Nick. You know, once they fell behind, once um, Alex Cora made that terrible decision to uh, pitch to Alvarez with the base open. And we'll talk more about this after this, uh, because I think we could use a Red Sox minute. Uh, a live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, all kinds of crazy bets. And they will walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than bet us join now, check out the offers and you can get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody beats that. I bet at bet us and I'm getting a little bit better at it. I am. I must tell you. And I think I'm going to, they had this cool thing where it's, it's either five bucks or 10 bucks, like a. Parlay card that you can get into. I think I'm gonna yep. try that out this weekend. Uh that's BetUS.com, America's favorite sportsbook, and enter BSJ when you sign up at Betus.com for a special bonus. Betus.com where the game begins. So on the Red Sox last night, and I was at the game, uh, working the game, and and I was I was in or Alex Cora's post-game press conference. Nick, you have to explain to me. You know, he talked about in the game, he was asked why didn't he put did you consider walking Alvarez to load the bases? Correa's coming up. Sale had struck him out twice. Yep. And plus you have Brazier ready to go. You need a ground ball. It's one out. You need a ground ball. You're hoping for a ground ball to get a double play get out of the inning. He was asked, did you consider walking him? No, 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 no. No. Like, (laughs) you know, and, and people make too big a deal out of the third time in the lineup. Okay, Alex, first of all, when people talk about third time through the lineup, they're talking about like guys who haven't had success against somebody that you're just like, all right, well, the percentages are, you know, maybe he flew out the first time up, maybe he grounded out the second second time up. Well, he's now seen him twice. So now the odds increase that he's going to do something in his third at back because he has more data. He's seen the pitcher. That's the theory behind it. This guy hit a home run and singled off of sale in his first two at bats. Like it's not like it's not like the guy you like he blew him away, struck him out twice in a row and then coming up you're like, "Well, don't remove him just because of the third time up thing." Like he had already shown he's on Chris Sale in this game. Yeah. Like why wouldn't you put him on? I don't understand that.
1: Yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. It was complete mismanagement. Number one, I don't even know if Sale should have gone back out there. You're asking a lot of him given what we've seen recently from him, you know, I thought once he's got through those five innings and pitched great. Okay. Thank you, Chris. You did your job. Let's go into the bullpen. Maybe you go to Tanner Houck. Maybe you, you know, miss, you, you mix and match like you've done the past couple of games, whatever it is. I wasn't a huge fan of sending sale back out there for the sixth. And then, like you said, Alvarez is up there. I don't think Sale should be pitching to him. I think you walk him load the bases set up the force at any base, set up the double play ball, whatever you got to do, don't pitch to him. Get Correa up there, who for the most part, aside from his hit the other night, has been brutal at the plate. Yep. It was not good yesterday against Sale. So if you're going to keep Sale in the game, if you're saying to yourself Sale has you know, one more batter or two more batters, then you walk the guy who's killed him all day, and his last batter is Correa, and you give him a chance if you want to give him a chance, which, again, yep. I would not have been pitching him in the sixth. If you're going to give him a chance to get out of it, give him that chance against Correa, who he had been successful against. Made no sense whatsoever. Uh, I've said this, and I said this, I think, last week or two weeks ago, Greg, with you. Before we get back to the Pats and other stuff, you know, I don't want to come across as a Cora hater because I'm not. I love Alex Cora. But I've always said this. As a manager, he is best at mojo. He's best at mojo He's best at managing personalities. He's best at getting the most out of guys. When it comes to straight baseball strategy, he's made a lot of decisions that I kind of shake my head at. I don't think, I'm not saying he's terrible, but I don't think he's necessarily fantastic at some of those things. And people will look back at 2018 and say, oh, well, you know, he he made every right move. We, we did the same kind of thing. With John Farrell, the year he won. Oh, he made every great move. John Farrell was not, and I'm not saying Farrell is Cora, Cora is Farrell, but Farrell was not a great strategist. And, I, you know, sometimes I think Cora gets lost in, in some of these things, and he makes a number of questionable decisions. And I, I think in this series, he's made questionable decisions, but the Red Sox were winning because they were pounding the baseball. And, and when you're driving in nine runs and 12 runs and and you're hitting historically – Historically, you know, at at a home run pace in the postseason, that's going to cover up some of those decisions. When you're in close games and you need to make the right call, that's when it really pops up. And I thought yesterday, Corey did a bad job. The other night, I didn't think it was that bad. I was fine with going to Whitlock for two innings and Evaldi for the ninth. I know some people disagreed with that. You know, I was fine with it. Yeah, Whitlock grooved a pitch to Altuve. Altuve was all over it. Whether it was because somebody was whistling or not, I don't know. But he hits a bomb, and, you know, that stuff happens. And then Laz Diaz screws him in the ninth. So, you know, (laughs) but yesterday, absolutely, I I thought Cora mismanaged that completely. All right, let's get back to football. I've got a couple of quick hit, and I mean quick hit questions for you, Greg. Uh, Johnu Smith has played 30% of the snaps the last two weeks. He's had two targets each of those weeks. I I know Evan Lazar asked him yesterday about that. I thought Belichick was completely disingenuous with his answer. Uh, his answer was, I'm paraphrasing. I don't think you need to throw the football to a guy ten times a game. Um Bill, there's a middle ground, right? Uh, I don't think anybody is <laughs> saying right. throw the football to Johnu Smith ten times a game. They're saying, why is this guy playing thirty percent of the time? Can we find the middle ground? Your thoughts on Janu, and, you know, we talk about his versatility. We talk about McDaniels being a great offensive coordinator. They paid this guy over $30 million guaranteed. What the hell's going on?
0: I think they've just – I think he's lost confidence. Um, and so the coaching staff and probably the quarterback have lost a little bit of confidence in him. Um, going back to his absolutely uh, butchered game against – which team was that where he had the pick six off his hands? Um, I should remember I this. Just, I was just looking at Jets stats. Everybody's so Everybody's listening it's to it. It's like team. this is <laughs> a pay- – was this the is a Patriots podcast, right? Saints. Yeah, Saints game. I mean, it was brutal in that game. You know, Nick, I just did uh, for my column last week, I think last Sunday, I totaled up like the offensive line, the blocking totals and pass rushing totals so far. Do you know that Johnny Smith leads the team? And he probably had at least another one this week. Um, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but he leads the team with eight run stuffs allowed as a blocker. <laughs> Like that's more than anybody on the offensive line, which hasn't even been good. Um, and he's not asked to block as much as those guys. I mean, he has in recent weeks. I just think with Jonu, they just they have lost. They have just lost confidence in him. Um, he's he's lost confidence in himself, and that's where you run into issues. Where it's like, all right, well, how do you get a guy's confidence back? And they're trying. They put the ball in his hands a few times last week. And it's, it just takes one moment for things to snap in for him and to be back on a level. I'm not overly worried about it. Players go through this. Uh, but, yeah, at some point here in the next couple of weeks, they need to get Jonu going. All
1: right, Jonathan Jones missing from practice yesterday. Is it time the Patriots start to at least entertain the idea of making a move before the deadline to bring another defensive back in? <laughs>
0: Yeah, with Stephon with Stephon Gilmore starting practice with the Carolina Panthers oh, yesterday. Um right. that's that's interesting. Um, but they had to sign Jamie Collins, Nick. Don't you don't you get it? They needed the cap space. Um, even though they have bundles of cap space in this offseason. I wonder where it went. Anyways, uh I it, it depends on the medical reports on Jonathan. Uh, you know, how long it looks like. They did they did sign my guy Miles Bryant. Uh, from the practice squad. Love yep. that kid. Um, I'm f- I'm fine with rolling with what they have right now. I assume uh, Jawan Williams is still on this roster, so <laughs> they have to find a spot for him. Um, I would love to find another cornerback, Nick. Um, I wanted it out of camp. I wanted them to go get one, and then all of a sudden, Stephon Gilmore would come back midseason. And you'd have an even better secondary. That's what I wanted the team to do. Uh, they went in the other direction. Not only did they not trade anybody, they traded Stefan Gilmore. So, yeah, I, yes, they could use a different quarter, a cornerback, another cornerback. To for me though, it's not, it's not about the secondary. I still think this offense is going to be limited until they get a speedier slot receiver for Mac Jones, somebody who can get open very quickly for him, in 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 short yardage, sort of third and three what have you situations and right now they don't have it Uh, do i expect them to make a deal uh and we'll talk more about it because i think the trade deadline's november first or second second uh second yep and we will talk more about that probably next week but uh yeah i think they'll do something but i don't think it'll be major
1: all right i say that this next stretch of four games makes or breaks this season you got the jets on sunday you play at the chargers you play at the panthers and then you've got the browns at home How are you feeling about this stretch after what you've seen the last six weeks?
0: It's, it's, it's hard to say, Nick. I mean, are they going to stop turning the ball over? That's probably one of the biggest things. It seems like they turn the ball over like twice every game. You can't win. You can't win football games like that. Um, are they going to stop playing stupid football? Are they, you know, are they going to get the personnel right? Um, Let's just start with the basics. Let's start with that. Let's start with. I would love to see them go through one game where they take care of the football, and they get their substitutions right. The defensive coordinators don't make stupid coverage calls in long, long yardage situations. Bill goes for it smartly in some fourth down situations, and and manages the game a little bit better. You know, either you know going into halftime, coming out of halftime uh, fourth downs and things like that. And, you know, I, I, I feel okay, but you know, I think this, I'm not ready to like give them the jets game, you know, that's for damn sure. I mean, the jets are a little, they're a little friskier than when we saw them last time. They beat the Titans two weeks ago, 27, 24. Uh, they lost to the Falcons 27, 20 last week. Um, did some nice things in the running game. I think they're making a little bit of progress. They're still struggling on defense, but I like the way that they play for Robert Sala. Uh, so, you know, look, they have they have to get on the right track. They have to. They just need to start with one really good played 60 minutes. I mean, even Belichick, what do he say? Latin, didn't he say something about like they played 30 minutes of good football or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Like – let's let's try to up that percentage and then we could start talking about the future of this team
1: there's opportunity there i will say that i mean i think the jets are more than beatable chargers at la is going to be really tough with herbert um but yeah but they're they're not all that good yeah they're not i mean they're
0: they're good but if you know if you corral herbert they have trouble plus the patriots blew their ass out last year there
1: yeah, at Carolina, you know, Sam Darnold, he has declined the last three weeks without CMC. CMC, who knows if he's going to be healthy? Uh, and then you've got Cleveland, who is just all sorts of banged up. Mayfield hasn't played well. So there's going to be opportunity. I mean, th- they have a chance to go 3-1, and 4-0 and in this stretch, and that would completely turn the season around. Uh, quick thing about the Jets. I just want to ask you about two things, one on each side of the football. Zach Wilson, is he getting any better? What have you seen?
0: Yeah, I think he's playing a little bit more under control. Of course he's not playing like he did against the Patriots <laughs> with like, you know, four interceptions and like six passes. Um uh yeah, I think he's I think he's playing a little bit better. I think you see the benefit with him of a I think their 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 offensive line is doing a better job blocking and run blocking in recent weeks and you could tell like the running game helps settle down a rookie quarterback it'd be nice if the Patriots got a consistent running game going and uh, or a consistent line combination to sort of add to max comfort but uh yeah I do think I think Wilson is is uh playing well he's still prone to the big mistakes but um you know the kid is just you know so talented that it's just you know it's just a matter of when for him CJ Mosley's banged up how big of a deal Yeah, pretty big. Um, You know, I I was a big fan of Mosley's in Baltimore. Uh, They sort of quickly got rid of him. There are some issues with him, sort of in attitude and off the field stuff. But he's been a good player for them when he's been on the field. And when he hasn't been there, that defense hasn't been the same. So not having C.J. Mosley this weekend, um, you know, that's going to be a big deal that the Patriots should be able to take advantage of.
1: All right, let's take a look at the uh the pick for this game. BetUS, I just checked the line before we came on here. Uh it's the Patriots minus seven against uh, again, BetUS.com, dot com BSJ, the promo code up to two hundred percent in bonuses for you. Uh Patriots minus seven at home against the Jets. What are you thinking, Greg, on this one?
0: Well, I mean did you say it's seven or seven and a half? I, I saw it really matters. Yeah, I saw seven Yes. Yeah. It's seven and a half now. I, I don't know. Who,
1: Within 40 minutes, who, moved a half a point. Okay.
0: <laughs> I don't know who, uh, who looks at this Patriots team and, and feels like they should be a touchdown favorite over anybody anywhere at this point. So to me, that's a really large line. Um, and I don't know if I really feel a sense of urgency from the Patriots yet in terms of like, all right, well, they're like, well, we have to put it together. Uh, I I think the Patriots win. I don't think they cover the spread in this one.
1: I'm laying the points. I think this is the week it clicks a little bit. I think this is the week Mac Jones gets cooking. I think the defense plays better. And some of the things I heard in the post game on Sunday, I really liked from the players like McCourty. And I think it's time where Belichick kind of looks at this and goes, okay, you know, we're two and four. Again, this is the make or break stretch. I just feel like they're going to play – a good game on Sunday. And so I'll lay the points. It is a lot of points. I'll take the risk. I think they start clicking in a few days at Gillette. BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day. BSJ, thirty nine ninety nine on their annual plan. Top-notch analysis of all the Boston pro sports. Of course, you get the video analysis that Bedard does on the coaches' film, direct access to him in weekly chats. Greg, you've got a question for us from one of your members. I know.
0: I do. Uh, Davey B as what's up with Josh Uche? This was supposed to be a breakthrough year for him. Looked great in camp, but a complete no show so far. Please tell me this is scheme or a minor injury thing and not Zach Sud, Sudfeld 2.0 training camp hero to in season zero. Uh, Davey, how dare you mention Nate Sudfeld and Josh Uche in the same sentence. Um, (laughs) But to to your question, I think we brought it up here on the podcast from time to time. Uh, One of my um, triggers with the season so far, Nick, is not playing a guy like Josh Uche. And I think it's simply because he might be a little bit weak on the run or might make some mistakes. And Bill Belichick wants to play the the guys that he's comfortable with and that's people like Kyle Van Noy and Dante Hightower Van Noy on the injury list with a groin thing Hightower's uh on the injury list too um you know you got to put Dietrich Wise on the field who's also on the injury list this week you know because he's got to play you know three four defensive ends so god forbid you just go with you know two defensive tackles and and put a real outside linebacker out there opposite Matthew Judon uh, look, I hate it. I hate it that he's not playing, and they, he absolutely should be playing more than the Chase Winovich, you know, sub package role that you know only on third or fourth, and very long are they getting on the field to just run into. And then you know, I hated last week, and I understand why they did it, but like, you know, they put them, they finally put him out there, and he's got to rush up against Tryon Smith, who's like a freaking brick wall and Uche's just throwing himself <laughs> into that brick wall time after time while Uche gets I mean uh, Judon gets steel on the other side and actually can do some things. I understand why they did it. That's why they did it. But you know, I don't understand why Josh Uche can't play for Kyle Van Noy right now. Like he'd be much faster, he'd be more impactful. I saw Uche, you know, on one of his few rushes in the last game, he got pressure. I think that to to get the Cowboys off the field uh, or on the, I think it was, was it on the interception in the end zone? But any event, I think he does a really good job. I'm sick of this crap. I'm sick of this crap with the younger guys. Like, if you're going to be two and four, play some freaking younger guys so we could see something and get some young legs instead of just being this, this defense is old, slow, and bloated. That's what they are expensive, like. This is is this gone on? This is since 2019. They did this, Nick. We saw it at yep. the end of 2019. Then they would uh, well just bring everybody back, including Jamie Collins, to run it out there again. Like if this this crap keeps going on to the end of the season, I'm really I'm gonna lose my shit by the end of the season because I'm sick of looking at this. Play the freaking kids that are it, good.
1: It goes back to where we started this podcast: the decision making, the idea of a slow defense is going to work, like you have to evolve and play some of these young guys and let them take their bumps and and let them make some mistakes. So by the middle of the year, late in the year, they're not making those mistakes and they're able to make some explosive plays. You know, Winovich is going to be out. So he's now out of the way. Hopefully that gives Uche opportunity to play a little bit more. It's frustrating uh, and you know, I, I don't know if we're asking for too much change from Belichick now when you start stacking all of this up. But again, I, I think they'll, I think they're going to click this Sunday. I, I think they'll play well this Sunday. And I, I think the next four weeks, again, make or break. And they need to make that turn this Sunday against the Jets. We'll see if they do. He's Greg. i It's Greg Bedard, Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles, brought to you by BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. Greg owes us a dollar in the swear jar. We're going to make that happen. Uh, Everybody enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football game on Sunday. Hopefully the Patriots give you something to enjoy, and maybe the Red Sox will come back. Who the hell knows? Uh, But until early next week when we talk about the Jets and everything else that's going on, everybody enjoy yourself. Be healthy. Be safe. Be good.